Welcome to the world of Rex. It's Marvel A. Rex here. Thank you for listening. This is going to be a fun one. It's the middle of a lot of retrograde action right now. In the middle of September, I'm recording on the 15th of September. We're going to be talking about the next week, though, the 19th of September to the 25th. Okay, but it is retrograde. What do I mean by that? There is a lot of swirling, confusing energy right now. A lot of information coming in from all sides at all times. I'm feeling it. I feel like everyone's feeling it. And this is all happening with the Saturn Uranus square in the background, which is really pressure testing us in probably some of the more traumatic points in our lives or topics in our lives. So this is not an easy moment. This is ramping up to October, which will also be a gauntlet. So just keep that in mind. Have compassion for yourself, first and foremost, because that then allows you to have compassion for everybody else. On that note, we're going to talk about resentment. (laughs) I was like, let's just go into it. Let's talk about the thing. This has been coming up a lot with clients that I've been working with, and also it has come up in my own life. And I can sense it because I'm a psychic sponge. I can sense it in other people. Resentment, okay? It's something that is an uncomfortable topic, but I'm going to try to shed some, like, buoyant light on it and have a little bit of fun with it. Because having fun with something that's uncomfortable is actually really powerful, helps you move through it, helps you see it in a parallaxical or multidimensional way. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about resentment. We're also going to talk about how this week has tons of opportunity for slow, grounded, intangible steps to be taken to heal past wounds, past miscommunications that are rampant right now with this Mercury retrograde, and to help us tease out projects that we started in the past. So this is really review station, okay? We are deep in review station. The train has landed and it, (laughs) the plane has landed, the train has landed and it is review, 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 rework, 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 and the historical, the hysterical is historical. So we are looking at our hysteria collectively and individually. What do I mean by that? We are looking at our resentment. We are looking at our wounds. We are looking at the ways that we don't communicate that well, and we need to learn how to communicate better. Now, why do I want to start out with resentment? Why? Well, it's a beautiful Virgoan word. Okay, we're in we're deep in Virgo season right now. As I'm recording, and then this week coming up, we actually transition into Libra season. Baruch Hashem, love it. But and also, Virgo season is wonderful. And it's wonderful because it helps us look at some of the more deeper, detail-oriented minutia of our lives that need to be teased out, sussed out, and often there is an air of resentment with the Virgo signature. This is not even the shadow side of Virgo. Virgo just can feel a sense of resentment because it's got all its ducks in a row and nobody else does, okay? Except maybe the Capricorns and maybe the Tauruses. Maybe, you know, so Vir- Virgo's here to be like, look, I'm I did all this work and I figured out all the details and you're over there blazing trails doing who knows what. So 
I want to talk about the thing that is highlighted collectively during this time of the year. Okay. Now, I don't want to say that this is all that Virgo is, but this is a big thing that is coming up in conjunction with the other energies at, at play, specifically the Saturn Uranus square. But this is about teasing out how there's so much relationship energy right now that I'm like, we have to tease out a thing that often destroys relationships, which is resentment. I looked it up. You know, I looked up the definition because I love reading definitions precisely because they sort of give you a constellation, like a a constellation map of like other words. So the definition that comes up on the Googles is bitter indignation at having been treated unfairly. Okay. Bitterness, indignation, irritation, peak. That's a fun one. Displeasure and dissatisfaction, right? We all are pretty familiar, i.e. intimate with resentment. We all have experienced it. We have experienced it projected upon us. It is not unfamiliar to the existential reality of human living. Okay. So why do I want to bring it up? Well, this is a highly activated period of time regarding relationships and communication within relationships. Resentment comes in when things are not being communicated efficiently. That's all really like basically if something is not being communicated efficiently, clearly and honestly, resentment comes in. Okay. So there's a few things. It was very interesting. I typed in resentment and then I found WebMD. WebMD, which is like, you know, where all the histrionic people go to figure out what illness they have today. Uh, WebMD was like, there's an entire section on resentment, which is amazing. (laughs) I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is so Virgo, what I'm doing. I ended up on WebMD during Virgo season. Who would have known? So the thing that it says on this WebMD is that Resentment comes about. Here are the causes, as if it is like, you know, um, well, okay, a person carrying resentment will often experience a complex variety of emotions, including anger, disappointment, bitterness, and hard feelings, right? This is WebMD. Then WebMD, as if this was a disease, which I do think psychologically and psychically it is, resentment is commonly triggered by relationships with people who insist on being right all the time. So someone who's like, I am a static authority. There is nothing outside of my purview that is not true, right? Like everything everything I say is true. This is a narcissistic personality disorder in a nutshell. I am right. No one else is right, right? That's a really tough one, right? We all know what that feels like. The second is being taken advantage of by another person. So feeling like you're giving a lot of energy and not receiving the same amount of energy back from an intimate partnership or a relationship of some kind. Feeling put down, so someone who uses words to cut, and literally we have Mars and Gemini right now, which is an energy of cutting or fighting words. So, you know, trying to have conversations and then there's that person that always uses that like sardonic, sarcastic thing to just like put you down a few notches. That can cause resentment. Unrealistic expectations of others. This one's really big and really hard to suss out. There is a ton of Neptune energy in the sky right now. And what Neptune does is Neptune does not, is, is like a fog. Is like I've been talking about this the last two weeks because he was really active during that full moon in Pisces that happened uh, September 9th, September 10th. So unrealistic expectations of others, this is so Neptune. Neptune comes in and affects some people, Some for some people he is really active in a chart and therefore they have a very hard time seeing the person in front of them clearly. Neptune causes a mirage or a fog. 
because he's so active this season during during uh, Virgo season, because he's in Pisces, the opposite sign, he's causing up, a, he's like stirring up a lot of fog, a lot of mysteriousness and a lot of misinformation and not being able to see the person clearly. This can cause unrealistic expectations of others. If you're not slowing down enough to be like, wait, maybe I don't fully know the person in front of me. First off, you can never fully know another person. And then secondly, the way that you get to understand another person is by asking them open questions, open, curious, nonviolent questions. And that's called data gathering, which Virgo is excellent at. So, you know, to alleviate the Neptunian energy right now, I would recommend if you are having resentment due to unrealistic expectations of another, you got to slow down and check yourself. And part of checking yourself is being like, maybe I don't have all the facts or data on how this person's feeling or what their experience is. And then also understand, this is a very spiritual thing I'm about to say, understand that every single person you come into contact with is a giant phantasmagoric constellation of energies, some of which are paradoxical, some of which are congruent, but they are a universe unto themselves. And the moment you think you've got someone figured out, you're in trouble. You're immediately causing pain onto the person by projecting stuff onto them, but also onto yourself. Life is messy. Life doesn't make sense. You know, we don't have it all figured out, especially around other people. Okay, that was a tangent on Neptune. Don't believe what you see right now. This is uh, a time to be very curious and to be open. I'm going to talk a lot about spaciousness, but we have to be spacious with the people in our lives right now. Another thing that causes resentment is not being heard. Now, this one's very personal to me. This is a big part of my core wound, so I'm just going to be real with y'all on that. And, you know, it's a, just a painful thing to feel about. Uh, I have lots of feelings. This is one of my core wounds, not being heard. I have Chiron and Leo. Anyone born between 92 and 93 has Chiron and Leo. It's a, mm, wow. Leo is the sign of the actor. It's the sign of feeling like on stage, yelling, singing, crying, emoting. And Chiron is your wound, so not feeling heard is very much part of my signature. It's also highly activated in my chart. Not being heard is just, is exactly, it ties into what I just said about the Neptunian not seeing the other person. When someone has a fixed or static understanding of another person, they're not hearing that person, just baseline. So if you can open up and tease out and create spaciousness within your relationships right now, it's going to benefit every party involved, including you. So if you're like, wow, maybe I don't have all the facts and figures about this person. Ooh, or maybe I have a judgment on this person because it's easier to understand them in a fixed sense than it is to leave room for mystery. It's like Antonia and I talked about how much, how comfortable are you with the unknown? And part of other human beings and interpersonal relationships is that there's a lot of unknown happening all the time and everyone's changing all the time. And especially as we move into October when we have eclipses, which will change people's It'll be like major pivot points for a lot of people mid-October. So we're about to enter into a change portal. And so, therefore, if we can know that and get on board with the amount of change that's happening for ourselves and other people, it's going to be a lot easier to deal with. That's all this podcast is. It's me just being like, look, there's a, a way to go with the flow or there's a way to try to swim upstream. I highly recommend 
going with the flow right now, being a lot more spacious with your self-definition and with other people's, with your understanding of where other people are at, allowing a zen-like level of spaciousness within your relationships will be very healing right now, profoundly healing. I'm working on this myself. I'm working on this myself. I hear you. Okay, and the final one that WebMD puts in here is interactions with people who are always late. This is real, right? This is a thing. It's about it's a, it has to do with expectations, but it also, you know, you know, timeliness is a big thing. This is all very Saturnian. Saturn rules time. So when you don't know or trust the other person is going to show up when they say they do, there can be feelings of resentment that come out of that. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so resentment. What does it do? when it's not treated, right? We're in WebMD, it's Virgo season. Virgo rules health, nurses, doctors, like let's let's diagnose this puppy. Resentment leads to the inability to let go or forgive, at least temporarily. But this is corrosive. Like I look at this and I'm like, this is corrosive if un, you know, if undiagnosed and if undealt with, right? Like if it is not dealt with, this is what it's doing. So anger, frustration, hostility, bitterness, hard feelings, and uneasiness are common. And over time, if they're not dealt with, they can become unbearable and then they can like forever cause a, uh, a corrosive quality to a relationship or you're just like, I can't, I can't trust this person anymore, right? And that's it's a really, really tough place. Like anyone who's worked with couples in couples therapy knows that like when you find a couple that's just deeply rooted in years of resentment, it can be very hard to un- work those neural pathways that are set in resentment it's really bad for the brain like it actually affects our thinking it affects our emoting like it is all of these things stress resentment uh unmetabolizable rage as antony and i talked about those things corrode the system and they limit our ability to be the geniuses that each and every one of us are each and every one of us is a genius truly and our genius gets limited and capped due to stuck emotions, um, static understandings of ourselves due to those emotional states that are corroding us. And resentment is one of those. Okay. So why does it, why does it come out about like why, you know, it's, I think it's a natural part of life. It's something we have to tango with. So it's not, I'm not trying to judge it. I'm not like, Ooh, don't feel this. I feel this all the time. Damn. Like we all do. Right. Why do we feel it? I think sussing out why can be very helpful during Virgo season because this is so Virgoan. Virgos, I know this. I got a few Virgo clients that are very heavy Virgo and they've got the, they're like, look, they're the nurses of the Zodiac. Literally Virgos are like often work in the healing arts, whether it is allopathic medicine or naturopathic, they're all over the map when it comes to healing people. And so they often feel like martyrs, Venus, uh, sorry, not Venus, Virgo and Pisces, are both martyrs. They're both the martyrs of the Zodiac. They want to help people heal, but they often feel resentful because they are literally helping people heal. And then they're like, okay, I clocked out and like I'm drained. Nurses often feel drained. First responders during the pandemic felt really drained. Capricorn was in the Virgo Deacon when he was slamming in 2020 for all the deep, that's a deep dive for the astrology nerds, but the whole issue in 2020 had to do with the Virgo Deacon of Capricorn. This is the first responders, okay? And they got completely mistreated during, I mean, they it, they were not prepared. No one was prepared to help support them, right? So this can lead to a lot of resentment. And what do we do in these moments? Like, how does this come about? What do we do? So the big thing, and this is why I'm talking about this, because this is a Virgo 
Mercury retrograde. This Mercury retrograde will transition into Virgo from Libra and is all about teasing out details through communication that allow us to free ourselves from resentment, to allow us to free ourselves from stuck, fixed, toxic emotions. This is the South Node in Scorpio releasing emotional toxins. It's in positive flow with this Mercury retrograde. So it really wants us like this South Node and this Mercury retrograde want us to release resentment in our relationships through clear, detailed, audited communication. What do I mean by that? I mean, really pinpointing. This is where Virgo is awesome. Pinpointing the details of like, oh, I never told that person this thing that I need to tell them because I need them to know this so that I no longer feel resentful. Now, full stop, none of this needs to be done in a violent way. All of this can be done in ways that are loving, slowed down, which allows for a certain degree of control with the output. And there's this isn't me giving anyone permission to like slam on somebody and do like uh, emotional diarrhea. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is pinpointing, finding clarity over where things have not been communicated out of fear or avoidance, which is very typical. We don't say things because we are afraid that our needs are not good enough, our needs are not valid, the other person's going to get mad at us. There's tons of reasons, and usually they are conditioned within us within the first 7 to 14 years of our life through our relationship to our guardians, our primary guardians. Uh, for some people, that's parents. For some people, that's not. So whatever our first dynamics were with our people, it's a great time. It's a great time to look at that and be like, were my needs met as a child? Were my needs met as a child? Was I able to uh, emote? Was I able to say what I needed to say? Were my emotions taken into account? Were they honored? Were th was there compromise? For a lot of us, that's a no. That's a no or like at best is like 50-50. Sometimes it happened, sometimes it didn't. For a lot of us growing up here, I'm thinking specifically like Gen X and the millennials, you know, Gen Z potentially too, there's a lot of feelings of like, oh, my parents or my guardians did not fully acknowledge what was going on for me in real time as I was growing up. And therefore, as an adult person, you're, you then enter into relationship contracts where you're like, I guess I can't say or express how I'm feeling about things. And that creates resentment. Okay. That is the building blocks of resentment. It's a, it's actually like a, a protection mechanism. It's so interesting. It's a toxic protection protective mechanism. So it, it it's bad for you, but you're using it to protect yourself. The ego does this all the time. The ego's like, I'm gonna form an addiction to protect myself, and it worked to get you through that period of time that was highly traumatic, and then now here you are, right? <laughs> In a place where you're older, maybe it's decades past, but you're still engaging in behaviors that build up resentment and cause folks to act out passive aggressively. So this is a really great time. This is a beautiful time to take time to meditate on the places where you feel resentment, specific people that you feel resentment towards, and then pinpointing what is it about the person that is that is eliciting a sense of resentment from me. They're not causing resentment for you. That's the key thing. Their behavior is being perceived and taken in by you. And it and there is some way in which you are not necessarily advocating or communicating that is allowing this person to continue to behave in a way that causes resentment with inside your body. So feeling invisible or inadequate 
is a big part of this is like low self-esteem. And, you know, all of us have areas in which we have lowered self-esteem and we have to build up that self-esteem. I think it's a really beautiful process climbing up the mountain and being like, I freaking love myself. Like you get to the top of the mountain, you're like, damn, look at this peak. I'm so cool. You have another peak to go up because that's life. There's always peaks and valleys. But climbing up the mountain of self-love is a powerful journey, says the guy with Chiron and Leo, you know? So feeling invisible and inadequate is a blessing in the sense that you get to work your way up that mountain to not feel invisible or inadequate. But until you decide to climb the mountain, which involves clear, concise, transparent communication about how you're feeling and how behaviors are affecting you, until you do that, it's, it's just going to be a, a resentment bath, a bitterness bath, okay? And, and we really do, I, there's a beautiful Kabbalistic understanding that and this is very, oh, oh, what I'm about to say is so Virgo because Virgo rules the day-to-day interactions, the day-to-day routine. There's a Kabbalistic understanding that day by day, evil forces are working against you. And what they mean by evil forces, if that throws anybody off, is really just negative vibrations, which is resentment, anger, rage, uh, addiction, toxicity, Uh, passive aggression, all of those things are what are considered evil forces. They're just lower vibrations, right? Shadow shadow realms. It is a day-by-day process to mitigate and transform and perhaps even cleanse the forces of shadow. It is a day-by-day task. Like, they're very clear. They're like, you don't stop praying on a Wednesday. You pray every day because the forces are coming in every day. And really, to take it away from like the je- like, it's very Jedi. I love it. I love it. It's very, it's very Star Wars. But to mitigate that, just or to take it away from that analogy, it's just like every day you have to put your consciousness towards evolving, becoming more spacious, becoming more loving, becoming more understanding. And the way to do that is to like face the elephant in the room with love. I know it's woo woo. I hear you. And also, it's the T. It's the big old T. You walk towards the things that scare you with love and compassion and, uh, and the knowing that, wow, I've got stuff to learn in this lifetime. I've got stuff to learn. I don't have all the answers. And I've got stuff to learn. And part of learning is being really vulnerable with the people around you and being like, look, I'm a broken ass human because we all are, right? And a lot of our parents did not show up. Our guardians did not show up. I'm a broken ass human. These are the ways in which I'm really working to fix myself. And it's a process and I need you to be patient with me and you need to apply patience to yourself. This is a courageous task. It is a beautifully courageous task. And that's a big part of what's happening right now with the energy. Okay. So, you know, part of, I think one of the best ways to deal with resentment in a lot of, like the first place to start is self-compassion, right? Really applying mindfulness practices and in those mindfulness practice saying mantras saying like I can do this I'm I am powerful I am loved I love myself this is a lot of reparenting bolstering yourself bolstering yourself every single day empathy towards yourself and other people and this is the the key thing if when I feel when I feel when I feel people projecting onto me okay when I feel them and this happens a lot as a cancer rising because I'm a giant mirror to the collective so a lot of people have a lot of feelings about me a lot of projection onto me as if I'm doing things to them correct so that happens and this happens to everybody I'm not special but it just happens extra when you're a psychic mirror 
as a cancer rising. And it's something that my, my soul contracted this. Like, I don't feel like a victim. I'm just like, this is what my soul, my soul is like, this is what you're doing in this lifetime. Okay, I'll take it. When it's happening, when the projection is happening, I often think, oh, this person's lack of empathy towards me has a direct reflective cause, is, is, cause, is causal of their own lack of empathy for themselves, right? It's caused by, is what I meant to say. Mercury retrograde. Mm-mm-mm. It's caused by the lack of empathy for themselves, right? So this is always what's happening. It's like when someone's being mean to you, they obviously have a lot of like stuck, fixed meanness towards themselves that they're, they're working through. So, you know, leaning into that and being empathetic with yourself first, patient with yourself, especially during this um, eclipse season that's coming up in October, that will help you actually be more patient and empathetic with others. Very simple, but very true. And then leaning into gratitude. Gratitude is like, mm, bam, bam, bam. I love it. Gratitude's the way to go. It really works. Like for anyone who's listening to this is like, look, that's, you know, that's like some secret, whatever the secret crap, like whatever. No, gratitude is real. It really, really works every single day. People do gratitude practices in the morning. This is like what I'm talking about with the evil forces every day. If you can come at the evil forces with gratitude, ooh, Arjuna, like you ride that chariot into the sun, baby. With love, with gratitude, thank you, Baruch Hashem. Okay, this is getting real Jewish today. I love it. It's coming out. It is the high holy days. So here we go. Okay, so that is very much the Virgo energy right now is pinpointing the places where you potentially have not been communicating at your highest or most clear. This is so supportive of you facing the places where you can clear it up, clean it up, do the thing that's scary you know, within past miscommunications and having the self-love or even taking the risk to reach toward the self-love that is like, I'm going to, I'm going to love myself so much that I'm going to let this person know what it is that they're doing that I have not let them know is causing resentment within me. And you can say it in a way where it is practical. It is workable. You don't give ultimatums. You don't go around giving ultimatums. Boundaries are good. If the other person's like refusing to change, boundaries are great. And also, if the person's willing to work with you, then there's compromise. And that's the Libra. This Mercury is going to retrograde and then move forward, station and move forward into Libra. And the Libra energy, Mercury and Libra is like, baby, let's do this together. Let's compromise. Let's let's balance the scales. That's what Libra wants to do. So we're moving into that space. The Saturn Uranus square, as I've said in the previous two episodes, is highly active this week. And all that means is that we are being pressure tested, you, you know, in general with our communication because Aquarius is an air sign and that's communication usually to our larger networks and friends. So this can be a lot of communication with friendships that needs to be, it needs to be faced. I mean, this is such a big energy. I, I really don't want to undersell how profound this activation is. It's almost exactly square. It doesn't become exact, but it's almost exactly square um, on the 23rd of September. So this is, <laughs> this is just like, oof. I mean, that's this week, baby. This is hardcore. So the pressure testing is happening specifically most effectively for Tauruses, Scorpios, Leos, and Aquariuses. If you have a stellium in any of those signs, which means multiple planets in any of those signs, Scorpio, Taurus, Leo, and Aquarius... This is really big for you. This is big change points. It's going to be exacerbated by the eclipses in October. So for any of the folks who are trying to run away from the change or not face the elephant in the room, 
this is what I mean by working against yourself and working, trying to swim upstream. Go with the flow. Go down the river that you've been afraid, too afraid to go down. Just go down the river. Get on the floaty. The floaty might pop. You might have to learn how to swim. You got to dodge some rocks. But this is it. This is the time to be like, okay, this is where I'm being asked to like upgrade my life. And it's going to require me to take a risk and be more vulnerable and be more real with my tribe, which is Aquarius, my tribe, my people. Okay, so flexibility. Going down that river, flexibility is key. Luckily, we have quite a few planets in mutable signs right now. Mutable signs are the most flexible, acrobatic signs of the zodiac. This is Gemini. This is Virgo, Pisces. We've got some really Sag, Sagittarius. Can't leave them out. Don't leave out the Sages. Uh, they're very flexible. So we have a ton of energy in signs that are like, let's stretch it out. Like, let's find multiple solutions to one problem. So love this energy. It's really good because it's going to help us assess and tackle the pressure testing of the Saturn Uranus square, which will be really active pretty much all through the fall and will be highlighted October 15th to November 15th. So that month, October 15th to November 15th, just make a note. That's going to be where you see some place in your life that is being severely pressure tested, that is being pinpointed and looked at and, and the universe is like, look, this has to change. The old versus the new and the new is going to win. This transition point is actually the hardest. I was listening to somebody the other day that was like, I can't remember. This is my Pisces. My, my Pisces placements make this happen. Everything is just a giant soup. Uh, I was listening to a, a beautiful person talk about how it's not change that is so damn scary for people. It's actually the process that leads up to the change point. Once the change happens, it's like hallelujah relief. I remember, you know, when I was transitioning my genre, my gender, my genre, I'm, you know, I'm a horror comedy thriller. When I was transitioning, I remember that the scariest, most intense moments were leading up, the, the year leading up to the decision, the actual changes that were being made. And it was just like night terrors, but during the daytime, like it was just, wow, a lot. This was pre, I mean, it was before trans was cool. So like, you know. For those who know, you know. Uh, <laughs> Pre-Laverne Cox on the cover of Time Magazine, baby. We are talking the old dark ages. So, you know, it was really, really terrifying. There was not a lot of support, uh, just collectively, societally, structurally. And until I made the physical changes, there was just this fear of what the actual changes were going to be. But once, you, once the change is made, there's generally relief. Even if there's grief associated with the change and processing that needs to happen you're you generally reach some sort of plateau or solid ground uh, you know after the fact but right now we're still pre these eclipses which the dates are October 25th and November 8th those are the exact dates of the eclipses that are happening in Scorpio and Taurus before we reach October 25th and November 8th this is this is a really it can be a very liminal and uh, disorienting place for people where the ego is going to try to hold on in a way that it's like, I've got it all figured out. I've got it all figured out because I'm so terrified of the changes that are happening. <laughs> this is what's happening when consciousness isn't applied to the energies. This is why I work with clients. I'm just trying to give them a little bit of perspective. 
So having a great amount of flexibility, having physical embodied practices that regulate your nervous system during this period of time, you're going to be a graceful Jedi moving through, you know, just like dodging the bullets of the matrix, moving through, surfing that wave, the big waves that come in October and November. That's what I would hope for every listener here. Okay. Giving spaciousness to yourself and your interpersonal dynamics with others. And understanding that everyone's experiencing that what I'm talking about is collective energy right now. This is not just your chart. This is not just all about you. This is every single person is going through a massive earthquake in some part of their chart, i.e. some part of their life. This is going to be especially hard, again, for anyone with a Taurus, Scorpio, Aquarius, or Leo stellium multiple planets in these signs, especially sun, moon, rising. This is very challenging for them. They're going to feel very ungrounded, especially the Taurians and the Scorpios. Now, I've got a lot of Scorpios in my life. My entire family has Scorpio placements, very strong Scorpio placements. And so I'm watching this from the front lines, baby. I got, I got like front row seats. I'm in the splash zone, okay? And um, I'm practicing a lot of patience. Thank God I do this practice every day and I look at the stars and I meditate and I do all my things and my mantras and I do my best to regulate my nervous system. So, you know, trying to lead by example here. We're going to talk about the week and then we're going to wrap it on up for this time. I hope that was helpful. So Monday, we're talking, we're going to jump in. Ready? Here we go. Monday the 19th, September 19th, we start out with the moon in Cancer. Oh, tender moon. This is the moon at her exaltation. This is her favorite sign to be in. So we're asking from, for support on Monday, Tuesday. You can really get support if you ask for it. This is a time to have tender conversations. You know, you can get support from Venus, get support from the sun in Virgo, giving us wet earth, like clay. The, the, the analogy I want you to think about on Monday and Tuesday is like, there's clay to sculpt here. You've got some clay that you can work with and build with. You cannot build with sand, but you can build with wet clay, right? Uh, cement. Like this is really good cement and, and wet clay energy to help us heal our relationships, to heal our spirituality, to feel secure. The, the key term on Monday, Tuesday for the moon and cancer is feeling security. Like what brings you security? Digging into that, helping build security with yourself and your relationships. Uh, a good tangible thing to do with the Virgo energy, meeting the cancer energy is slow down in everyday rituals that you have, like brushing your teeth. Um, one thing I've been doing is I got some CBD oil and I'm like rubbing down my, I'm rubbing down my feet and my shoulders. It's a thing that I do and I slow down and I don't listen to a podcast while I'm doing it. I don't, I'm just like, you're going to be present with your body. Beautiful thing to do on Monday and Tuesday. Do a simple mundane Virgoan task and just do it very presently. Just be really present. So give yourself some love that day. You know, the moon is going to have to traverse Pluto, which, you know, Pluto and Capricorn, not always the most fun, but major breakthroughs can happen during that period of time in our relationships. A lot to do with our parental figures or and or our archetypal figures of authority because our parents or our guardians become those authority symbols. So just reflecting on relationship to parents, relationship to guardians or authority figures on Monday, Tuesday, just taking some time while you're slowing down and asking yourself, like, what is the ideal parental figure in my life? How can I be that person for myself? Like, what do I, what does my inner child need? It's a beautiful thing to do Monday, Tuesday. 
Mercury opposes Jupiter right around this time, and this can be big ideas and grand plans. You can feel really social, optimistic. I really like this. This is one of the many Mercury opposite Jupiter transits that are happening this month. But although you can have like awesome ideas, because Mercury's ideas and Jupiter's big, you can have big ideas. Woo! There's a tendency to skip over details. Okay, so and and also. taking on too much or saying yes to too many things. I'm seeing this a lot with myself and also people around me with the Mars and Gemini. Everyone's trying to spin like 18 plates as we get more social, as the pandemic wanes. So this is a time to not necessarily go overboard. And if you have a big idea, try to keep it really contained. Keep that big idea contained, which can be very hard. But that's the goal. Okay, and then, you know, I skip all the way, you know, Wednesday, whatever, we got Moon and Leo, it's happening, it's going to be squaring the nodes, okay, things are going to be happening, whatever. Friday, not a ton happening this week, but Friday we have Venus-Neptune opposition, Whew. and then Sunday we have a new moon. So the weekend again, <laughs> these last couple weekends have just been doozies, the weekend again with Venus and Neptune opposed is, it begins, the weekend begins with oppositions are of the nature of Saturn. So every, uh, what I mean by an opposition is the planets make different angles to each other in the sky. So an opposition is 180 degrees or exactly opposite. So Venus and Neptune are going to become exactly opposite each other in the sky in real time on Friday, this Friday. And when there's an opposition, it's of the nature of Saturn. So certain planets rule certain angles. Saturn rules an opposition. And what does that mean? Oppositions like Oppositions are really intense, and there's usually like a separation that's very Saturnian, separated by a boundary. I always use the example with clients. When you think about oppositions, you think about a first date. Anyone who's been on a first date, you don't sit generally right next to the person if you're having a meal. The first date meal, do you really, do you sit right next to them in the booth and you like put your butt up against them? You're like, hey, we just met. No, often, most often, And again, I don't want to overgeneralize here, but most often you sit directly across from the other person on a first date when you're having dinner because you're like, who the hell is this person? That is the nature of Friday with Venus and Neptune opposing. Now, Venus rules love, money, and relationships, and Neptune rules (laughs) spirituality, higher psychedelic states, higher consciousness, but also delusion, illusion, and things that are not quite as they seem. Okay, so I would recommend Friday with the opposition there, creating a little bit of tension, creating a boundary. Relationships could feel even more confusing during this Mercury retrograde cycle with Venus opposing Neptune. Neptune can basically beam his little like psychedelic beams over or like dose Venus's drink. And Venus is like, look, I'm just trying to help you. Like, I'm just trying to help. And Neptune's a little bit like we got deeper fogs to go into together. And so he's kind of leading her down this path that's not necessarily clear. So my advice, very clear advice here (laughs) during a Neptune transit, my very clear advice is take things slowly and don't believe everything that is told to you on the weekend. The weekend can be very dreamy. It can be very like, it could be really beautiful. But it's the, be- it's the beauty that's associated with Neptune, which is often a mirage. That's why the film industry is ruled by Neptune, because films are they're not real. The actors are not the people that they're playing. 
it's an illusion. <laughs> now, it's beautiful and it has an affect and it's like very powerful work, but it's an illusion. It's a play. So if you can apply that to your relationships, that would be really great. Do not necessarily spend large amounts of money this weekend. When Venus rules money and relationships, when she's in an opposition to Neptune, people can splurge and go crazy and be like, I'm just going to spend all this money. And that's Neptune being like, huh, I gotcha. So that would be a big thing. I would also watch out for psychedelic uh, or just like altered states of consciousness with any kind of Neptune opposition. Venus really wants to help us out here during this Mercury retrograde. And Neptune is basically putting her in sort of a trance over the weekend, which is going to come down on our earthly plane as potentially further miscommunications, missing the point, missing red flags in relationships, and or going overboard in our giving of ourselves to another and or giving of our resources to another, right? So the veil can be very thin in regards to money and resources and relationships. That can be awesome if you're trying to have like some sort of really awesome tantric sex. And it can also be gnarly if you're like, I'm going to make like a gamble and just get purchase this thing or I'm going to like marry somebody <laughs> during a Venus Neptune opposition. What a terrible idea. Uh, sorry for anyone who's getting married this weekend. Um, you just don't know who you're getting married to. Okay, so Sunday, new moon. We got a new moon in Libra. This is like, oof. I'm coming up for a, fre a breath of fresh air on this new moon, partially because, you know, Virgo season is has been a little bit of a slog. Like it's a, it's a moment. I didn't even talk about the sun ingressing into Libra. The sun will be in Libra all week, which just puts a huge emphasis on relationships. There is a massive emphasis on your interpersonal relationships right now and how clear you are being. Just go back to the part on resentment. It's very it's very Libra, very, very Virgo, very Libra. Virgos experience resentment because they overgive and Libras experience resentment because they don't want to like cause any sort of upset. They want to keep the peace so badly that they just won't even say the thing that's pissing them off. And that leads to resentment. So here we are this week. The new moon happens on Sunday. I, this is kind of a wild new moon, but I really like it. There's reasons why I really like it. It's not a completely a easy and clean new moon but there are some awesome things really awesome things happening and then yeah we'll just figure it out we're gonna go with it this is gonna be the final part of the episode so the new moon happens on sunday september 25th this is a really great time for new beginnings in the libra area of your chart so if you know where libra falls in your rising sign chart and or your solar chart it's a great place to look you're having a new beginning there I can give a really big, quick rundown. For Aries, it's a rebirth in your relationships. For Taurus, it's a rebirth in your work, how you work, how you do your things. For Gemini, it's a rebirth in where you find pleasure and or love. For Cancer, it's a rebirth in your home life. Okay. It's a rebirth in your family space. For Leo, it's a rebirth in the way you communicate to other people and or learning projects, writing projects. For Virgo, it is a rebirth in your second house of income. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just how you're spending money and what money's coming in that you've earned. Obviously, for the Libras, this is your new moon and it's happening in your first house of the physical body. So you can literally feel yourself having a new body uh, or having a restart in how you are perceived just physically uh, or identity wise. 
It's a beautiful refresh. Uh, and for Libras, it also has to do with relationships because Libras are so tied in. Their, their identity is so tied into their closest relationships. For Scorpios, this is a 12th house new moon, a little bit challenging. The Scorpios have been going through it, but this is a little bit of a, a palate cleanse for the Scorpios as they work through mental health issues. So this is really having a rebirth or a palate cleanse where you may be able to see some unconscious things in your life come to consciousness and be like, ooh, I got to fix that in the way that I've been relating unconsciously to other people. That's probably toxic. Okay. Sagittarius's. This is happening in your 11th house of friends and networks. This is big long-term goals, big plans, like your biggest dreams. I love this new moon for Sagittarians. This is very supportive for Sag. Okay. So just take, I want you to dream really big on this new moon, Sag. Capricorn, this is happening in your 10th house of career. All righty. All righty, it is. Love it. So this is a big like public persona moment, rebirth for all the Capricorns in terms of how they show up publicly as a public figure and or their biggest career ambitions. Aquarius, this is happening in your ninth house of foreign travel, higher learning, writing, publishing, media. So this is something to do with that. It's a restart. You know, it could also be like having a new philosophy on life. Or traveling. This could often be like a traveling thing for Aquariuses. And then for Pisces, last but not least, this is happening in your eighth house. This is my eighth house, baby. Uh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm gonna be feeling this one. This is the eighth, an eighth house new moon, which is a rebirth in the in your deep inner psyche, similar to the twelfth house. Has to do with how you understand yourself emotionally, the things that scare you around intimacy and shared resources. It could also be receiving a nice lump sum of money from somebody else that you didn't directly work for. So that's a nice little bonus for the Pisces. They earned it psychically. Okay, so that's the rundown for that. And then, you know, the other things I'll say about it is that there is Venus. I love Venus right now. She's in Virgo. She's not, she's in her fall. So she's not at her strongest. Like she's definitely like took a few... She took a few falls uh, in, 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 just to keep it literal, in Virgo. But she's still trucking on, you know, in an earth sign, Venus is like, look, we're going to do it. We're going to we're going to move through this slog. And she's going to be trining Pluto and Mercury retrograde will be trining Pluto. So what does this mean? This new moon gives us a reprieve to have more conversations with people that we potentially have had a series of miscommunications with up until this point. It can be powerful, transformative conversations Finally, you were like, wow, I tried multiple times to express to this person how I was feeling. It didn't work out. And then this new moon, which is active for two weeks from September 25th. So it can take you to, up to two weeks beyond that date to have very powerful conversations that fully transform a relationship. That's beautiful. I love that. Now, things that are happening under the surface, as I mentioned before, is that the Saturn-Uranus square is still causing a lot of dysregulation in what we need versus what the, our tribe or our community needs and how those things are changing. So that's going to cause stress during the full moon or during the new moon, no matter what. And then, you know, the, full, the new moon is opposite Jupiter. And I just talked about oppositions. They are of the nature of Saturn. Therefore, there is a certain separation. There can be a little bit with this new moon, a little bit of like... Uh, the way that air signs can be aloof, there's a quality of like, yes, we're healing the relationship, but I'm over here and you're over there. And for right now, things are too tender for it to be any other way. 
Okay, so there can be a little bit of a uh, a dissociative flavor to the new moon, but it's dissociative in the moment that will lead then to to closer intimacy. Just not right now. Not right right now, necessarily. Jupiter's adding a little bit of good luck, though. So for those who have strong cardinal placements, which is Aries, Libra, Cancer, and Capricorn, for those folks, there's there's some good luck coming your way, especially for the Aries, the Libras. Uh, especially. And it's just about good luck within the relationship dialogue that needs to be happening. And this is, again, this is all about healing the resentment wound. This this new moon is very supportive for healing the resentment wound. So if I give advice for all 12 signs, all of us in the collective, healing resentment wounds during this new moon on Sunday, just taking some time to pinpoint where they are and with who and maybe where they originate from, you know, within your first 7 to 14 years of life, there's a lot of supportive star energy to help you work through this right now. So that's it. That's the new moon. You know, things are not full throttle yet. They're, we're getting close. So we're going up the roller coaster into eclipse season, but we're not there yet. This is the, new, this is the only new moon prior to eclipse season for the, for the next little while that we're going to get that is not sucked into the tornado of that energy so just this is a great time to like really you know put in some very very positive energy during this libra new moon especially with your relationships that's the big emphasis how can i heal my relationships how can i heal my resentment wound how can i love people better libras are such lovers like how do you love people better and that involves kind of going through the muck with them going into the harder places I believe in each and every one of you, and I love each and every one of you. I sincerely do. Please, if you haven't yet, just take some time to rate and review this podcast. It helps a ton. It really helps support me as a creator. I do this every week. It takes time. It's a lot of fun. I love it. And also, rating and reviewing supports me directly. Also, if you want a reading before eclipse season comes into full-blown whammy-bammy, reach out to me. There's a link tree in my show notes. This is a great time to get a reading. The last few readings I've done for clients pre-eclipse season, I have just been so grateful that they are getting readings because it feels good to help people before the big wave comes in. So yeah, I highly recommend. I love you guys. I will see you. My outro music's coming in, so it's (laughs) you can't hear it yet. I'm going to edit it out. But I love each and every one of you, and I will see you next week on The World of Rex. Until then, take care.